Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you, and you're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump. Good morning, and it is a great Monday morning um, here in the United States of America where we are still free, and I'm very grateful to be in uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave, Uh, but we need to continue to protect that, and we need to uh, make sure that we are continuing as Christians to consider um, the biblical worldview of all things, and today's show, um, interestingly, actually, even though uh, my guests are focused on different topics, the broader topic is humanitarianism and how we as Christians need to understand that that term and understand how that affects us and what is our responsibility as individuals, the church, and also as the government. So often we have delegated so much of the church's authority or really abdicated our responsibilities as the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus to a government that is so ill-equipped to actually uh, promote the value of human life in terms of providing assistance to other people who are suffering around the world. Um, I was talking with Alex McFarland, who a lot of you on the show know, and I've gotten to know him, and he is just a treasure and uh, one of these really great people that when I was in... um, Tupelo for Sherathon. I got to spend a lot of time uh, with him just talking about the Christian worldview and of law and, and political philosophy. And you know, when you get two philosophers together, then you just you end up talking for like two hours and it's great in one setting. And then you're like, where did the time go? And um, and, and he was saying and, and observed, which I thought was very interesting and apt that, that I hadn't considered before, Uh, that if you look at um, any of the countries around the world that we would describe as third world countries, if you go there and you see a well that's been dug, if you go there and you see um, some housing that has been built in assistance, generally that means that a Christian was there because we have so many different organizations that are providing this kind of assistance so much more than um, any really any other organization. And the country and America will say, okay, we're spreading democracy. But is that really the goal? Well, no, we should be spreading the gospel of Christ. And this is why organizations um, like Samaritan's Purse and my good friend Franklin Graham and, you know, others, uh, Compassion International, a lot of these different organizations will go and provide assistance, not for the purpose of just spreading our political view, but for the purpose of genuinely valuing human life and bringing the gospel of Christ uh, to this lost and fallen world. So um, as we're considering humanitarianism, a lot of times the left will suggest then that we need to, as a country, just be quote-unquote, compassionate to everyone. And that means that we shouldn't protect our sovereignty. And let's open the borders because... Um, we, you know, we can't, we can't and shouldn't protect our borders and we should just allow anyone who wants to come into this country to come in under this name of humanitarianism. But we also have to look at the, the obligation of our government to, uh, to ensure that, that we, the people, 
the the people of the United States, the citizens of the United States are protected. So uh, my good friend Alan West joins and um, and Alan, sorry, I, I ranted a little bit longer, uh, but I want to but I want to bring you on because um, you tweeted out yesterday that um, you're going to be heading down to the border for five days and talking um, about and observing and tracking how we have uh, no operational control of our border, and it's controlled, as you tweeted, by transnational narco-criminal terrorist organizations. Um, so, so what it, what are you going to be doing at the border, and what can what can and should we expect from a nation that actually understands the correct definition of protecting its own citizens? Well, it's good to be with you, Jenna, and happy Monday morning. I think that, you know, your listeners should go back and read the essay by the French economist called The Law, Frederick Bastiat. It's only about 51, 50, yeah, 52 pages. And it really does lay down what the responsibility of the law is or government in that, you know, we cannot go out there. We should not go out there and individually try to protect our life, our liberty, our property, which is the natural rights theory uh, of, of John Locke. And those uh, rights naturally come to us from our creator God. But we come together, and the purpose of forming governments is to collectively protect us and protect our life, our liberty, and our property. And when you see the failures of this administration and what it's doing, it's a complete violation of the law. It's a complete violation of that natural rights theory. And, you know, it's getting to a point where locally we're going to have to protect our life, our liberty, our property, because there's nothing humanitarian about, you know, the the mass rapings of, of young girls and women. There's nothing humanitarian about all the Americans that are dying because of the fentanyl poisoning. There's nothing humanitarian about the uh, modern-day human and sex trafficking that is going on. There's nothing humanitarian about the murders and pretty heinous murders by beheadings that these uh, terrorist organizations, known as the cartels, are doing along our border, not just on the south side, but on our side of the border as well. So uh, I'm going down there to help out a dear friend of mine, Sheriff Brad Coe, down in Kenny County, uh, which is Brackettville, Texas. And he's in a real hot corner uh, along Highway 90 in between Del Rio, Texas, and Eagle Pass. Uh, they just recently had a, a high-speed chase where three uh, illegal immigrants lost their lives, seven were wounded. Uh, you know, someone was trying to transport them and, and get them to a safe house or a stash house. And so... We, as as American citizens, are going to have to start looking at how we fill in the gap, because it, in the long run, uh, we do have that inalienable right to be able to protect our life, our liberty, and our property. Yes, yeah, so well said. And we do have that inalienable right. And yet our government, um, especially under the Biden administration, President Trump was very concerned about the border, and he had great policy on that. And um, and I felt so much more secure when he was in office. But this current administration um, just doesn't care. And you can see that policy. Um, and how can and should, you know, you as a former Congress member, um, you know, I, I want your opinion from that perspective. How should Congress be addressing this when the Biden administration is basically refusing um, to even uphold what what policy is even coming out of Congress. I mean, with the new um, mm-hmm. Republican majority, I don't really see the border being a large focus uh, for Kevin McCarthy and and the new majority. Is that just because we don't control the Senate? 
Well, you know, who cares if you don't control the Senate? The great thing about the Constitution is that uh, it allows the House of Representatives to have the power of the purse strings, and that's what they should be leveraging. And furthermore, what is happening along the board, this is not a policy issue. This is a constitutional issue. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, known as the Guarantee Clause, uh, clearly states that it is the responsibility, the duty of the federal government to guarantee to every state to protect them from invasion. Five, six, seven million people coming across the border. These are not migrants. This is illegal immigration. This is an invasion. 1.7 million uh, gotaways. We don't even know who they are, where they are. And then Article 1, Section 10, Clause number 3 of the Constitution says exactly what states are able to do uh, if actually invaded, when there is an imminent danger, how they can take action without any purpose of delay. Uh, And so Texas is the number one state in the country for human and sex trafficking. Dallas and Houston, top two cities in the country for sex trafficking. But yet no one at the federal government level, no one at the state level is doing anything about it. So, you know, it comes down to at the local level, at the counties, what can we do to protect people in their life, their liberty, and their property? And what should the uh, House of Representatives be doing? They should bring up articles of impeachment. You know, if you understand the Constitution, the House kind of acts like a grand jury. Uh, and in the military, we call that an Article 32 hearing. And they can bring up these charges against Mayorkas. They can bring it up against Joe Biden because they're violating the Constitution. They can bring it up against Kamala Harris. And they can also hold their feet accountable by the uh, the purse strings as well. Now, does it go to trial in the Senate? Maybe it does not. But at least they are standing up on the side of the Constitution, which, last time I checked, as a member of Congress, you took an oath to support and defend. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And this is what really frustrates me about um, some governors like Uh, Greg Abbott in the state of Texas, who is a Republican and should understand this. And yet, you know, he sent a strongly worded letter to Joe Biden saying basically saying, pretty please protect, protect us, please come and protect us. And again, last time I checked as well, the Constitution says exactly what you just articulated, that the uh, that the states can protect themselves from invasion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the left would like to define that term as, you know, a, a military invasion or, you know, some Something that that they can say, okay, well, that's not really an invasion, so you have no power here, and you're just beholden to the whim of the federal government. But as you and I know, uh, an invasion is you know anyone who comes in when they're not legally allowed to be present. I mean, if if anyone thinks of an invasion of your own home, and if anyone, Mm -hmm. regardless of you know whether they're threatening you or whatever purpose they're there for, if they come in uninvited and they breach that threshold, then they are an invader. And so, of course, uh, we can and should be protecting our borders. And um, and it's so frustrating to me that some of these, these governors that are Republicans don't either understand this or they just aren't willing to go to bat for the people in their state. So, you know, so what, how should we as Christians look at this and try to encourage our government, you know, a lot of people are listening right now from the state of Texas, um, and encouraging not only Congress to to do what they're supposed to do under the Constitution, which, as you said, power the person articles of impeachment, among other things, um, but then also in the state of Texas, a governor like Greg Abbott, who's just kind of sitting on his hands and isn't doing anything. 
Yeah, well, there's going to be a big rally at the Texas State Capitol next week. Uh, no, I'm sorry, this week, the 29th of, uh, of April, and it's going to be about what's happening at the border. So uh, please show up for that rally there at the State Capitol. But I would also say to the people here in Texas, and especially the Christian community, look and see what you can do to go down and help out in some of these local uh, border counties as well, because, you know, they're overrun. A lot of these counties don't have, you know, the large staffing, and of course, the federal government is not doing the, their their enumerated duty and responsibility along the border. But I, I just think that, you know, right now, I, I can't understand why we have people that don't understand the, the rule of law. And for us as Christians, uh, if you look at Genesis, I mean, even God understood the borders of Israel, and he laid out those borders. So he understands national sovereignty. Uh, and it says, you know, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So David wrote that in Psalms. And so we recognize that the modern nation state and that sovereignty has to be protected. And it comes back again when you think about the Tenth Amendment, uh, that really Really, on the system of federalism, if you understand that, the states, and then it goes down to the people. That's where the real power is in a constitutional republic, and folks are going to have to exert that. And stop allowing the progressive socialist left to say that you're you're a bad Christian if you just don't allow people to pour into your country illegally, because anybody that comes home from church and they find someone sitting in their living room and they're eating up your Pop-Tarts or, or eating up your you know, Sunday dinner, that person is a home invader. I don't care if they just walked in or they shot their way in. They have to be removed. And that's the exact same thing here. We are a nation of laws. We are a nation to have borders and boundaries. And guess what Christians do? Christians go to these other countries, Guatemala and Honduras and whatever, on mission trips. So let's continue to try to help people in their own countries, but not say that you're just going to come into our country, violate our laws, disrespect us, and think that we're supposed to take care of you. That That's not humanitarianism. Yes, and we need to make sure that we are also utilizing the great mission field that is our own home country. So, um, Alan West, really appreciate your insights and your Christian worldview perspective. As always, you can follow him um, on social media and also his steadfast podcast. And, you know, the, the Bible does say that God ordained and established the nations. If you go to Acts seventeen twenty six, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Um, There's a great essay uh, that was um, in the Wall Street Journal a while ago that was talking about the sovereignty and the sovereign nations and the Christian worldview and we have to understand how God appointed the nations and continue to preserve and protect that right. So we'll be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family, And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. 
Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may he give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo. He is the state's 31st governor and a former county sheriff. James 1.12 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Dear God, we ask for guidance for Governor Joe Lombardo as he leads the people of Nevada. We ask this in Jesus' glorious name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting Go Visit to the number 49596. Again, that's Go Visit to the number 49596. Democrats in the House and Senate have introduced legislation that would make it harder to deport illegal aliens who are gay. It's called the Dignity for Detained Immigrants Act. In essence, it would ban Border Patrol from holding any illegals who are gay, lesbian, or transgender. It would also forbid the arrest of any illegals who do not speak English which would be most of the people crossing the border. Senator Cory Booker, the Democrat from New Jersey, said we have to respect and protect the basic rights of illegals detained on American soil. Well, what about protecting and respecting American sovereignty or the rights of law-abiding American citizens? This is a great example of the Biden administration's America last policy, and it's high time to start putting American-born taxpayers first instead of gender-fluid, pronoun-confused illegals who can't even speak the king's English. I'm Todd Stearns. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. We're talking this morning about the larger um, context of humanitarianism and what is that term. You hear the left uh, talking about humanitarianism and they use that like like they do so many other terms to just um, make that a term that then justifies any of their own leftist policies. And so under this guise of humanitarianism, then that means that, you know, we can send um, millions and, and now actually beyond a billion dollars to Ukraine because humanitarianism. And we can um, you know, do anything basically that the, the leftist uh, controlled government would like to do rather than understanding that first and foremost, our government under the U.S. Constitution is obligated to preserve and protect our rights under 
uh, the Constitution. And so we have to understand what is humanitarianism in context of the Christian worldview. Well, of course, we value human life. We value all human life, whether we are Americans or not. Um, But we also understand that our wealth, our rights, our um, everything in terms of our property, um, all of those things that are uh, part of the rights that we have as individuals, our government is obligated to, to preserve and protect that first. And borders have to be established. And if we want to then go beyond that as individuals, as uh, the church, then of course we can reach out um, to other countries and other peoples, and we should be the hands and feet of Jesus, but we should not ever allow and abdicate the responsibility of protecting Americans uh, for for our government to then simply say, well, you know, we can care about the rest of the world just as much as we care about uh, our American citizens, and we're going to use all of our resources abroad under this guise of humanitarianism and, uh, and not protect our national sovereignty and just give um, all of the the hard-earned taxpayer dollars from Americans uh, to to things abroad that we never voted for, we never uh, wanted. And, and, and when we look at what it means to actually have property rights in this country, then the government is not only taking far too much of our taxpayer money, but then the government is then determining how they spend that money without our consent. And so all of this policy is so wrong and it's twisted. And think about it in the context, if you, um, as a parent and as a family, you know, you have kids and your family unit, that your house is literally the meets and bounds and the four walls of your home. That is your unit that you are first and foremost responsible for. You're not responsible for all of the kids in your neighborhood and you can't take care of all the kids in the neighborhood while you're abdicating your responsibility to take care of your children first. And so our government needs to understand this, but we also need to understand how helping others and as uh, some Christian organizations are out helping others, that actually helps preserve and protect our sovereignty here in America. So uh, my good friend Jack Brewer is with us and uh, he he's just a phenomenal uh, man of God, and um, he and his team sent me some video. And, and I just I have to give a disclaimer first. If you have um, small children right now listening to this program, we're going to be talking about the situation in Haiti that is absolutely disturbing. Um, we're going to be talking about it in detail. And so if this is not something that you want to listen to or that, you know, young kids want to listen to, then, um, you know, maybe pause the program for now. But I I just want to give everybody time and heads up um, before that. But I do think it's important to cover um, for those of us that um, are continuing to listen today, because these are things that are going on, human atrocities that we have to know as Christians, and we have to know what's going on in the world. Um, So Jack Brewer, posted some of this video. This is so disgusting. There is um, cannibalism that is going on. And he tweeted, these animals are burning people and eating them. Joe Biden, this is why Haitians are flooding the border. They have no choice. Do something. So, um, Jack, good morning. And thank you so much for uh, being with me today. And, um, you know, I, I was looking at some of these videos last night. And, you know, you've tweeted out a lot of them. And I think people need to really understand what's going on. Um, So just over the last week, 
uh, describe the situation in Haiti and um, how you're working with some organizations there to bring uh, some relief to these people. Thanks for having me, uh, Jenna. First off, you know, it's a, it's a blessing that you're even covering it. Um, we've been on the ground in Haiti now for uh, about 14 years. And uh, to see the devastation that's going on, it's, uh, it's unimaginable. Um, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's actually been this bad for a couple of years, but particularly um, this last week, um, over the weekend, you know, there was a village that got overtaken. And um, when I say overtaken, I'm meaning that the gangs came in and literally took over the village, um, slaughtered anybody with power so that they then controlled all com- commerce, everything in and out, and took full of control. There's there's, there's a lot of sections of Haiti where it's complete lawless. There's no police officer presence because the gangs have either, either overtaken them with their powerful weaponry uh, or they, they bought them, you know, and, and people are fearful of these gangs. Uh, and, and you've seen the images. You're talking about people getting beheaded, you know, women, children um, uh, being raped at, at, at young ages. I uh, just got reports from last night about 3 a.m., another busload of gang members try to take over another village. Uh, but this time, the, the people were able to catch them ahead of time uh, and actually caught them in, in their van um, and, and, and killed them all. They're in the streets now burning them. Uh, but there's retaliation going on as we speak. Um, you know, machine guns and, and, and gunfire in the street now from a retaliation effort by the gang. And so it's just, it's just a lot of hot tensions going on there uh, for the people. But you know, you know, the reason I, I'm I'm so concerned about this um, is I, I kind of see it from both sides. I have, you know, I have a team of doctors that are full time down there. Uh, we can't get them out to go help people anymore uh, because it's just too dangerous. Uh, they've already they've already been a couple have been kidnapped. Um, I've had I've had a nurse just had a nurse two weeks ago. She was stabbed in the side. Her, her both her parents killed and her sister was killed right in front of her. Um, and I have the the lady that runs our orphanage in Haiti. Uh, both of her parents were were burned alive in her house. And this is a, this is about three weeks ago. And so this stuff is hitting really close to me. People that have worked with our organization and uh, within our partners' organizations for for many many years. Uh, so you can imagine uh, how hard it is for us even to to try to comprehend it all. Yeah, this is just horrible and. Um, you know, as, as I said, I was looking at some of these images and videos last night and um, we we as Americans, I think, really don't have a good grasp on some of this um, atrocity that is happening contemporaneously to us. I mean, we can study history and we can study, um, you know, what has happened in the past. But to know that this kind of, um, of thing is, is going on right now. Um, what led up to this and some of these gangs that are going into these villages now? Because it's been over um, about the last week. Um, and obviously, you know, Haiti has been uh, a, a difficult and, and destabilized country for a while. Um, I can remember, you know, even even back one of my first jobs out of law school was um, was, you know, as an attorney working with uh, the, the State Department. Um, on some of these, you know, things of, of overseas buildings and things in Haiti. And so I got a firsthand uh, look at some of the things that were going on even back then on the ground. Um, but what has, what has led up to this and, um, and how, 
how many of, of these Haitians are now coming across into America? And, um, you know, you've asked Joe Biden to do something. Um, what, in your opinion, can and should he be doing? I mean, first and foremost, I mean, this is direct interest of America. You know, this is not Ukraine. Um, this is not uh, Syria. You know, these. this is at our borders. You're talking about you can get in a plane right now and get to Haiti in an hour and 20 minutes. And so, obviously, um, you know, just in, in my community where I live, um, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but um, 95% of the kids that I take on are Haitian kids, and the vast majority of them uh, are, have parents that are immigrants, and many of them are immigrants. And so they're coming here because of the turmoil there in that country, and they're coming in here by the thousand. Um, they're here. They can't read and write. They're living you know, 14, 15, 16, and, and one and two bedroom apartments, uh, just trying to really survive. Uh, and, and to think that we put billions and billions of dollars into so many different things around the world, but yet right at our border, uh, we can't go out and, 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 and overtake some low-level gang members. I mean, these guys are not trained. They're not educated. They don't have any uh, real technology. Uh, and so to, to be able to, to go over there and help save probably two, three million kids, you know, little girls getting raped and being raised up in that. I mean, as, as a Christian man, I just can't, I can't close my eyes at night uh, and not try to do something about that. And, and I mean, I, I just, you know, I got to say, if I think if these people looked a little bit different or they had some more resources, I think we'd really be over there doing something about it. I don't think we sit back and have no one talking about it through our government. Our, our, our White House speaker gets up every day and talks to the entire world, and she's a Haitian-American. It's sickening to think that you could sit back with that much power and that big of a microphone and say nothing about your own people. But yet, if they were over there slaughtering homosexuals she, or transgenders, she, she would be making the biggest deal about They They send the entire Marine Corps over there. And it's just sickening. Yes, that's so true, is that you know, the, the Biden administration has little priorities on what genuinely matters and preserving not only our national sovereignty, but um, giving aid to uh, some of these nations like Haiti in order to protect our American interests. And yet you're absolutely right. And that's such a great point, Jack Brewer, that, you know, if this was about, you know, some diversity, equity and inclusion quota, then they'd be right on that. And and so we just see how warped their priorities are. And and I was looking at some of the responses on Twitter to some of your posts. And it's amazing to me, these leftists who all have, you know, the Ukraine flag in their bio and they're such wonderful humanitarians in their own eyes. They literally did not want to see the, these videos and this content uh, from you, from me, um, in in posting right. it. And yet they're the ones who think it's totally fine to give all of this money to Ukraine, yet they don't even want to acknowledge what's going on in Haiti. I mean, so so how how warped and manipulated are people in the United States to not be focusing on truly the Christian definition of humanitarianism. We have woke dysphoria. You know, if it doesn't fit into that woke agenda, and it's not a priority. They've, they've reimagined 
righteousness, right? So they've taken the word of God out of everything. So the base of their truth has no foundation in Christ. Uh, and so all it is is their emotion. So if it doesn't trigger one of their race, um, race baiting attempts, if it doesn't trigger one of their sexuality and gender identity, if it's not about what you look like or, or, or these type of things that they can push uh, as, as discrimination or whatever that they have uh, across our nation, if it doesn't fit in that bucket, then, then it, it doesn't matter. They don't care. It, it's not a priority. And the, the sad, sad thing is, is that even people that are Haitian American or people uh, who have interest in Haiti, they're not saying anything. I mean, you talk about, I mean, there's some powerful, powerful, successful Haitians across the United States of America. And let me be, let me be clear, Jenna, I'm not Haitian, right? But I'm Haitian because I love my brothers and sisters. I know some great Christian, uh, Christian Haitian American people with some of my best friends. But the fact that so many Haitian Americans aren't even saying anything because they've been kind of uh, overtaken by this dysphoria, it's sickening. I mean, imagine waking up in the morning, getting phone calls and videos like this. I get them all the time, Jenna, and I had to say enough is enough. That's the only reason I started putting all of these videos out and sending them is because nothing else was working. Man, I've been calling for help in Haiti for a long time. I've been going there. I've been sending planes there. I've flown in there on my own risking my own life trying to go help save our kids. I got 150 kids right now that are hiding on the beds every night because there's gunfire going through their village, Jenna, that I feed, that are that, that have depended on me to feed them for 10 years. I have 650 kids uh, in Satiso Lake we feed every single day, and I can't get food to them. I got 1,000 kids up in the mountains of Haiti that we feed every day, and the only way I can get food is I can get one motorcycle up there because the gangs won't let it. If a truck comes, they'll rob them. So this is real life, man. People are starving to death right now, 90 minutes from our borders. And we, are, we will go all over the world and do humanitarian crisis in these situations, but we're not going to go help these people. I just, I, I, I can't, I, I can't just sit back and live with that. Yeah, and, and, and nor should we as Christians, because we have to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I, as I was watching this and watching these, uh, these just horrible and unspeakable atrocities, I was sitting here as well, Jack Brewer, thinking, okay, so what happened to Black Lives Matter, right? Like, what what happened? All of the money that they spent on the mansions and all of this other stuff and going out and just protesting in, in the streets and burning down cities in the United States, all of that money could have gone to people in Haiti and actually done something real. But um, we're going to continue to talk about this and, and rant a little bit more um, here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. We'll be right back with my good friend, Jack Brewer. Here's Ellis Craft of Reach a Village Ministries. We are excited to announce the start of our children's campaign for American Family Radio. We have a goal of seeing 60,000 children reached with the gospel. We have a generous donor that will match up to $30,000 for AFR listeners. 
That means $1 will reach two children with the gospel in villages around the world. These countries often have less than 2% populations of evangelical Christians. They are unreached with the gospel. We have trained local believers ready to share the gospel with families in these villages. We just need some additional funding to help mobilize these workers to get there. Your gift will be doubled today. Go to reachavillage.org slash AFR or call 833-773-2247 or 833-7-REACH-7. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. What are gates? They are defensive tools used to keep stuff out, to keep an advancing force at bay. Too often, the enemy is successful in putting Christians on defense. When the facts are, the Lord established his church as an aggressive, offensive, territory-taking body. The Lord never meant for us to sit on the sidelines of life or to cower in the corner as a result of the wickedness in our culture. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The light of the world cannot be contained. The Lord is building his church, and the manby-pamby gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Do you know over the last 18 years, 50,000 volunteers have served over 9,000 families in the aftermath of natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At 8 Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus and minister to the brokenhearted. Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi, our Northeast satellite in Buffalo, New York, and we have a Midwest satellite in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to house equipment and be able to respond on a moment's notice to serve those in need. Eight Days of Hope is launching a new arm of the ministry, Mass Feeding. This division of Eight Days of Hope will take trained volunteers with multiple feeding trailers and be able to provide over 8,000 meals every two hours through a local church following a disaster. To learn more about Eight Days of Hope or to join our volunteer team, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back. And we are talking this morning about the broader context and the Christian biblical worldview of humanitarianism and what that means to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I'm talking with my good friend, uh, Jack Brewer, who all of you should follow if you are on social media. Uh, he is on Twitter at Jack Brewer BSI. And the situation in particular in Haiti and the absolute atrocities that are occurring today and just this past week and the video footage and the photos that are coming out of Haiti and yet our government is not doing anything about it. We're not hearing about this as the leading story on Fox News. Um, they, they'd prefer to talk about, you know, what Jill Biden is wearing today. I mean, these are the, the priorities of this administration are not to protect Americans and protect our national sovereignty, our boundaries, and ensure that we, the people, continue to have each and every one of our unalienable rights protected by our government, and then allow us, as we, the people, to keep more of our hard-earned money and work so that we can go and 
have ministry and be the church abroad. Uh, and, and, you know, all of this whole system is completely inverted. It's twisted. It's manipulated. And so we are paying so much tax money into our federal government that goes and just gives that to Ukraine for no good reason. And then we see how the Biden administration is completely ignoring the situation right now going on in Haiti so that Haitians, as Jack Brewer said in the, in the last segment, are now flooding into America. And there was a great essay, and I was trying to look at it uh, during the break, um, and, and so I apologize that I don't have the exact title for you, but there was something I read, and this was a few years ago, of an essay, I believe it was in The Federalist, I might be wrong about that, but it was from a former USAID worker who was talking about her experience on the ground, actually in Haiti, and uh, and talking about how we as Americans are so ill-equipped to deal with people coming into our border because they're bringing um, other diseases, other um, lifestyles, and you know we talk about spreading democracy. No, let's just make everybody an American, but even the lifestyle of people who are used to being in third world countries, they come and and are spreading so much of um, their their diseases and things because we're not even equipped to do that. And and you know and that sounds perhaps harsh, but it's the truth and we have to make sure that we as a country are protecting our own people first, and then we have the opportunity to have people like Jack Brewer, who is incredible and who is doing more than the entire United States federal government to go and actually help people on the ground in Haiti. And Jack, um, thanks so much for being with me again this segment and continuing to talk about what's going on um, in Haiti. And you know, it, it, it to me, it's so frustrating, and I echo your sentiments about how the federal government and the Biden administration is totally ignoring the fact that, you know, these are our Haitians, their lives matter. It doesn't matter what color of skin you have, but even going along their narrative that they put out there that black lives matter, well, what about these people? Why Why has there been nothing on the mainstream media, nothing from the White House podium, nothing from our federal government that is showing this atrocity and even asking people of their own free will to help? Yeah, it, it, it really is alarming um, because, you know, if, if, if the Trump administration or another Republican had been in office right now, you know, the, 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 these, these leftists would be calling racism all day, you know, even uh, even many of the, the, the Democratic Haitian Americans. And I've gotten to the point now, as you can probably tell, I don't care. I have no loyalty to anybody based upon their skin color. Uh, I have loyalty to, to God and to Christ. And so, you know, Haitian Americans need to step up and get louder and let their, let their, their voices be heard because they're taxpayers. Uh, and if they really wanted to do something to help their family members, they would. You know, too many Haitians get over here uh, and they get comfortable. Um, and many of them have enriched themselves from that island. You know, it's time to go over there and do what's right. You know, do, have the hard conversations. Uh, and so, you know, as, as as Americans, you know, we have so many churches uh, right now who can't send their their aid there anymore because their folks are getting murdered and, and their folks are getting kidnapped. You don't even hear those stories, Jenna. I mean, you talk. I'm talking about major, major ministries, and many of them. Are, many of them text me all the time. I'm getting text messages right now from many of the large uh, Christian organizations on the ground, and you know we're not doing anything. 
we can't we no one's no one's supporting us so it's it's almost like our voices are being cut off and like you said if this was happening in any other place this would be front page news it'd be all over the news waves people getting beheaded i mean think about that even when that this happens in the middle east it makes news over here and so the fact that we literally have people at our border taking boats you know there's there's thousands of Haitians that die every month on li- on little rafts, handmade rafts, trying to get from Haiti to the United States over that over that ocean, and so to 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 for one second to think that this is not a crisis, when you got people coming over here, we don't know whether we don't know what diseases they have. You know, they're flooding many of our schools. I mean, come down here where I live in South Florida, uh, and go ask a teacher in some of these schools when they get an influx of Haitian students that speak Creole who may be seven or eight grade levels below where they're supposed to be, what do they do with them? That weighs the system down. And so if we don't talk about these issues and approach them uh, with a little bit of truth, um, how, can we, how can we expect for our nation to grow? You know, this is a situation. You, you need diplomacy and foreign aid. Uh, and when you start talking about the way we approach uh, those things, that needs to happen in the countries in which we're helping to serve. Because our allies need to be strengthened by us from their country. Not once they get here and continue to exacerbate the problems. And so we just need a, a whole new approach uh, to our foreign relations in the way that we handle these type of crises. Uh, and we need to stop thinking that, you know, being American first or, 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 or being true patriots means that we sit back in America and do nothing. We're actually not just harming the people that are coming in here. We're harming ourselves. You know, our teachers have a big task right now. You know, we have our own issues as a country. We have 24.1 million fatherless kids in our country. You know, how do you think you're not going to just solve that issue, you know, with one one stroke of a pen with a policy? Uh, and so you start to, to pour on top of that a mass influx of, of students and kids that are immigrants that are coming from uh, war-torn nations and, and, and places in chaos. Uh, you really got a generation of, of issues coming about, you know, over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and everything you just said, Jack Brewer, I, I would underscore completely that this is so frustrating that this isn't on the national media. It's not. In, and even even in conservative media, like don't just you know, we can't just blame for people who are listening, you know, the, the fake news media of like, you know, the CNN and MSNBC, which they should be the ones if they're so concerned about humanitarianism that is putting this front and center. And, and yet even on the conservative side, when we look at some of the priorities of our current Congress, when we look at some of the other you know, priorities of the mainstream media, none of this goes into their own uh, selfish priorities. And so this doesn't get talked about. If it's not something, you know, maybe that is more sexy, like, you know, the, oh, the weaponization of government commission, which that's great. And I'm very happy that Congress is attending to that. But um, but if it's not something that is going to lead and and get as much attention, then it seems like even the good people in Congress, um, the good people in our government and, and the good people on the ground in just our local churches aren't necessarily paying attention to it. But you have and you have been. And so um, how have you been able to on your own and with in collaboration with some of these other missions been able to go 
um, in Tahiti and and provide this type of relief. And as people are listening to this, and I and I hope and I suspect getting uh, really frustrated with with what they're listening to and thinking, how can I help? Um, how have you been able to successfully help, uh, even to the extent that you have, and how can other people partner with you? Well, you know, our, our foundation, our, our mission, what God put on my heart over 17 year, years ago was Empower From Within. Um, and actually, this came from my first trip to Africa, where um, I went to go see my mentor, who was the former president of, of Malawi. Uh, and just learning how to actually go into these villages with my own hands. You know, if I had to sleep outside, I slept outside. If I had to sleep in, in tents, I slept in tents. But in doing that work with my hands, um, you know, I was able to build those relationships. And then after the uh, earthquake in 2010 in Haiti, uh, I was able to build really deep relationships with the community, you know, and, you know, where, you know, I was going in, you know, searching for bodies with them, you know, and I was, you know, I was going walking in buildings that were unstable, that could collapse and, you know, really just, you know, truly being selfless um, and, and, and helping um, and not having any other motive uh, other than to, you know, serve God. And so in doing that, um, I was just able to get a, a lot of relationships that were deep where I could have these conversations where, I am a trusted resource of this information, you know, sending doctors and, you know, when things are going bad on the ground, they knew they could call me. And so as I, as I've been able to kind of build those hands on relationships and, and that trust within that community, um, you know, I've been looked at as a resource and now, you know, we are able to do a lot of things that so many can't uh, because we, we truly have the ear on the ground and we're, we become the resource, you know, for, uh, some of the men and women of God that are there in that country. I mean, um, imagine being a pastor now. You are the church there in Haiti. You're you're it. They have no other resources. They can't call the cops. They don't have a military. They have no other security. Now, now, now that pastor in that community, you know, he becomes the true, true leader and where the power lies. And so, if we if we're not as a church empowering those people, what are we doing? And so it it's that's the situation on the ground now and those pastors are the biggest threat. I mean, I got videos and pictures of of, of men of God slaughtered in the streets because the gangs are targeting them now. Um I'm in a situation now I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm I might have to pull some of my doctors out of Haiti because it's so so dangerous and you know, it's really a sad situation because the people that have means, the people that have the ability to leave are all leaving. And so what are you left with? You're left with the little girls and little boys that are vulnerable. You're left with those um, that are sick or, or may need the help and attention. And so as this, as this issue continues to get worse and worse, uh, it's really breaking down the church in ways that I know I've never seen. And so... Uh, it's really a call to, to all Christians uh, to do what the Bible tells us to do. And then for, for one second, you know, be willing to trade in your cloak for your sword. And for one second, you know, really be truly um, dedicated to the gospel to the point that you want to go heal the sick and go cast the demons. These demons need to be casted out right now in the name of Jesus. And if you don't truly, truly believe that and walk in your faith and be willing to to risk your life in the name of Jesus, 
if you're not willing to risk your life in the name of Jesus, you may want to reconsider the faith in which we claim um, that we hold true. Mm, preach it. And this is why I just, I love you so much, Jack Brewer, because you uh, absolutely bring the truth of the gospel of Christ. And as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking, everyone is listening. You know, we talk about our protected rights and, you know, what a blessing it is to live in this country. But it's not just for ourselves that we can have a great life. That's that's not a bad thing, certainly. But we can't just say, okay, as long as I'm protected and I'm fine, that's as good as it is. We have to make sure that we are active Christians in the world doing as much as we can to to make sure that we are continuing to promote the gospel of Christ and to take and to take care of our fellow humans. And, um, and, and so just in the last like one minute we have here, what is your encouragement um, to people who are listening to this, who maybe have thought I've never really considered what my role is as a Christian to be humanitarian. What would you encourage them to pray and consider? Just, just consider all of the Christians that are around the world who are taking on these issues that, you know, we can't even see and comprehend, you know, in places like Haiti and, and parts of, of India and Africa. You know, I, I think when, 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 when Christ said preach the gospel to every nation, that's what he was telling us. Every, every, every tongue, every foreigner, like the gospel must be preached into them because then the end shall come. And we all, we're always on that glorious day when Christ returns. And so in that, let's do our part. Let's make sure that, you know, we're supporting organizations that are truly spreading the gospel. Uh, and let's make sure that, you know, th- as we protect our own interests, that we realize that uh, as Christians, right, we must empower our brothers and sisters to do the same. That's why we have breakdowns in other nations. And so we can do so much here in America. Just our voices. God has given us a megaphone and the ability uh, to speak to other nations and to have people listen to us as we have influence and we set trends. Um, And so we set trends for the world. Let's set that trend as a servant. Um, Like Christ told us that he came here to be served, uh, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom to to many. So let's do that and let's walk in that light. And and I think God will continue to shine on us. Amen, my brother. Well, thanks so much. And, you know, consider this. We are Christians first and foremost. I hope that this has been an encouragement and also inspiration to all of us to continue to be the hands and feet of Christ and to promote and further the gospel of Christ. I'll see you tomorrow morning. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.